Hello, everyone, and welcome back to Believe in Betting Chicago. My name is Joey Christopoulos. So happy to have you here with us today. Today, it is the second half of the NBA season, which means the Bulls are back on the court tonight. Where are they going? Are they going to the playoffs, or are they racing to the bottom of the, bottom of the Eastern Conference? Today, I'm joined with a good buddy of mine, Aaron Hagel, Hoops Honcho, documentarian, wonderful man, tall drink of water. Aaron, how are you? Thanks for joining us. What's up, Joey? Thanks for having me, man. You got a sweet bulls hat on today? You're of ready course. to roll? Oh, yeah. So, Aaron, your first sexual experience. Uh, <laughs> Let's do it. <laughs> Let's do it. Uh, no, we want to talk bulls here today. Uh, wonderful all-star break, hosting in the city that we love and oh, know. Yeah. MJ showed up on the early vid and yep. then pieced out of town as quick as he could. Yep. We had Common. We had Chance the Rapper. We had Italian Beef. We had all the all the hallmarks were there. And one of the big news that came out was that something that we've been hearing for a few weeks now, that at the end of the season, there's going to be a huge front office shakeup in the Bulls organization for the first time in perhaps 20 years. And now it's going, it's running around ESPN. So it's pretty legit. Initial thoughts, Gar and Pax. This is their last rodeo. Their yeah, last I mean, ride. We we've been talking about this for a while. These guys, they they gotta go. Yes, we've been talking they about have this to go for about six years now. Yes, maybe the most frustrating GMs in the league. Um, I read the other day that uh, they're like the third longest tenured GMs in the league behind. Popovich and Pat Riley legacy. They're basically like historical landmarks. Yeah, those, those, those two squads have been doing okay. Uh, Bulls not so much. Yes, uh, they just they just it's like one step forward, one step back. We're always like at even. We can never like get ahead, and it's super frustrating. Well, and you've heard so many different things over the years, right? Like, well, let's start with the now. Over the weekend, we had some rich people, some rich Chicago businessmen posting like. Ads on billboards and stuff. Yeah, I heard about Fire that. The Kennedy, packs. I love it. Yeah, it's I great. I love it. Great, uh, great jab. Yeah, all those people coming in from O'Hare. <laughs> yeah, going great. down to see see that. Great Midwest jab. Um, we've heard everything from you know Gar is not a very trustworthy person. He's kind of a goober. We've heard uh, Paxson's got to be up there as well. Paxson's got to be kind of up there too as well. Um, and now we're kind of at a point where it looks like something might actually change. Now. Change in the Bulls organization is all really kind of the picture that you paint it, right? Like, are they actually going to be fired or removed from the organization? It well, doesn't seem like Yeah, that. it sounds like they're going to reassign Gar to another position in the organization because he was yeah. a scout for a yeah, long time. Yeah, it's like time. in Casino when they change his job to food and beverage <laughs> engineer. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and then your, your application goes to the bottom of the pile. <laughs> You're still with us. And, you know, we're not going to really get into who we think should replace them. Honestly, yeah. I think anyone would probably be a breath Bet, of fresh yes. air. You can kind of really get some of the cobwebs out that have kind of built up over the last 20 years. Yeah, or but so. the, the problem, though, is that Paxson's still there. He's still the president of basketball operations. So, I mean, if Paxson's still there, then, I mean, how much is really, really going to change? He's He's battled with every coach. That we've had. Oh, yeah. Battled literally. Yeah, yeah. Him and Vinny. Physically. And the, yeah. Physically have battled. Yes. Yeah. I mean, I'm sure him and, like, Tibbs had some sort of, like, oh, shirt off, grease Well, fest. he fired Ron Adams. Exactly. Just to, like, just as a big F you to Tibbs. Yeah, and then he went to the Golden State Warriors and won championships. Oh, no. Ron Adams is a highly respected coach throughout yes. the NBA, but let's get rid of him. Yeah, we got to get rid of him because I have a personal beef with, with Tibbs. <laughs> yeah, so, I mean, and here here's where we are on the court, too. We start the second half of the season with the Bulls. They're four, I believe they're five games out of the eighth seed. Somehow. They're only four and a half games out of the worst record in the East. Isn't that crazy? Ooh, it's a beautiful place to be. <laughs> it's a great place to be. 
And, you know, the question is now with this news sort of coming out that they are going to be making some sort of change. Let's talk about the optics and what you want to see as a Bulls fan moving forward. Do you want to see us crawl our way perhaps to an eight seed, play a first round? You know, would that perhaps be attractive to a prospective GM or basketball operations guy? Or would you like to see us drag back down to the bottom yeah. where we belong into the swamp, get that top five pick, make some serious decisions about what's on the roster right now, and is that top five pick perhaps more attractive to a guy that's going to come in to clean house as it would be as a guy who's I, an I, eighth seed team? I don't think anything is going to attract anybody to the Bulls. They have <laughs> such a bad reputation around the league for not – pretty bad for so much disorganization within the organization. I mean, look how many coaches have been fired on Christmas Eve, Scott Skiles. Then he hired Vinny Del Negro because they got him on the cheap. And then he gets into a fight yeah. with, I mean, uh, with Paxson well, uh, and then Tibbs. Further, and, a Bill Cartwright. Yeah. Then yeah. you bring in Tibbs and then you bring in Hoiberg. Another, that's, that's another, another chosen son. Yeah, they, 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 they wanted Hoiberg. They wanted this guy because he's got this, you know, off this college offense that's going to translate to the NBA. And then they don't build a roster. For him to succeed in doing that, so I can't even be mad that that mad at Hoiberg for what went down. It's it's on Garpex, and it's kind of it's kind of hitting me right now. I could be incorrect, but is the last time we hired a coach with previous head coaching experience was that Scott Skiles, 15, 16 years ago? God, yeah, because it be went right. Cartwright after that. Yeah. After that, it went Vinny Del Negro. After that, after that, it went Tibbs. After that, and went Hoiberg. It went Boylan. <laughs> So they have not hired someone a good coach. with a previous yeah. uh, head coaching experience in about 15 or 16 years. Ugh. And now, granted, you know, Tibbs worked out, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But overall, it's a, it's a tough – Yeah, it's, it's tough. not a good track record. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you're thinking, well, which, which I, okay, way do you so, go? You so going one. back to your question is, for me, if you're not going to win a championship or go deep into the playoffs, what's the point of even trying to make the playoffs? We're, we're not good. We've yes. had a ton of injuries, so I don't know. I guess as I say, play the young guys, but they're all pretty. <laughs> they're all pretty young. Well, yeah. So, so tell me, Aaron. You know, what's <laughs> Luke Cornett's ceiling? <laughs> soundbite. Q soundbite. No, and and that's the other problem too, as well as this is happening now for the past several seasons, where Wendell Carter can't stay on the floor. Nope. Laurie Marketing can't stay on the floor. Nope. Porter. Otto Porter. We're giving him. Millions and millions of dollars, Dude, but honestly, he has not been able to be on the floor this nope. year. He looks like he'll come back in a couple of weeks, and now we get the news that Chris Dunn four is out for weeks. four to six. Yep. That's probably the rest of his season, right? Uh, He's a restricted free agent. So even if you do have some pieces, we're not getting the full picture of what these pieces can or cannot Dude, it's, do. It's, it's been like that since la even last year. Like We have not had a full, healthy team for a long stretch of time in the past two years. So that's one thing, obviously, you can't. You can't predict about you know injuries. And right, and it's not an excuse for the wins and losses, but it right. does hurt you if you're trying to evaluate who you're keeping and who you're getting rid yeah, of. Yeah, no, it's tough to do that if they're not playing, they're injured. So that's why I think it's like this this the season's been marred by injuries again. So just play it out. I mean, do the best you can kind of thing. But, I mean, but then the other thing, too, is like this draft class, as far as I know, isn't like a super strong one, especially compared to last year. Yeah, as far as I've so heard. So it's like, even if we get a top five pick, I mean, is there anybody in there that's going to be a, a, you know, a game changer? I don't know. Uh, yeah, I mean, my only pushback on that in general is, I mean, let's be honest, there's going to be at least two all-stars out of that draft next right. year, right? And it is your job to go out and find them. Granted, uh, by position, sometimes they'll be drafted before you. 
But even the, if the class isn't super strong, I mean, there isn't the Zion, the job, a guy that's going to change your franchise. Right. There still has got to be a couple of guys that we can take yeah. at seven, right? I mean, we're drafting at seven again, right? Uh, I think so. Kobe White, <laughs> seven. And uh, the year before that, Wendell Carter Jr. at number seven. Lucky number seven. Lucky number seven. And that's a little bit of where we're at. I mean, it's almost to the point where, I mean, we can dive into it now if you want to, but because of the injuries, because of the lack of the people that are available on the court to be able to evaluate, this is almost kind of the opportunity to start really pumping up Zach Levine's ego <laughs> so you can maybe try and move him and one of the other pieces for something in the offseason <sighs> and maybe starting over. And or, you know, you know, Zach Levine is just going to continue to shoot and carry us and just put up empty Dude, points. Dude, he's been, he's been crushing it, man. I mean, he has. with and, and, and it's funny to say he's actually played better yeah. without some of these guys yeah. that we're trying to see are they are going to become but core that's, pieces. But that's part of it, though. You know, it's like we wanted to see it. Is, is he that guy that can carry your team? And to me, he's showing he can. I mean, his... Who else on our team can score like that? Maybe Kobe, I guess, but he's still a rookie. He hasn't got got the and, yeah, and, and you but know Levine's better than I do. It. One night Kobe's one yeah. for eight. The next night yeah. he hits seven threes in the fourth right. quarter. It is literally that kind of a of an up and down schizophrenic kind of vibe to it. Yeah, um, but yeah, I think I think Levine could be our team leader for sure. And like I said, I think he's he's proven in these past whatever twenty games or something. I think he's hit like double digits in. I think he read like forty straight games or something. It's like the longest stretch since uh, D Rose did it. And he's played well. He's averaging four assists a game. Yeah. Which is, which is a little up. You know, his free throws have been up over the last couple of months. Seems like he's playing just a shade more efficient basketball. Yeah. We'll kind of see now, like, you know, if the wheels fall off and he just starts jacking up shots. And as much as I would love him to score 40 points every single game, it just kind of depends on how he goes about doing that on a night-to-night basis. Yeah. And I think, I don't know, my guess is that's kind of his personal goal this year is, like, I'm just going to keep on scoring as many buckets as I can. And, you know, he was like the big question mark in the uh, in the trade, you know, uh, the Jimmy Buckets trade where we got him. Where it's like, oh, this guy might be good. We're not sure. He's a dunk contest guy. And he, you know, he had some serious injuries. And, dude, I think he's proven a lot of people wrong, man. Yeah. And, uh, look, I'm not the biggest Zach Levine fan, but I think I've said it before. I'm completely with you on that. If you go back to the day of the trade to right now, I think it is safe to say that Zach Levine has exceeded the expectations of what we thought. Right. Like, oh, yeah, for sure. I mean, a guy who was coming off a knee injury, a guy who had never really been a number one scorer on a team, a guy who had never really been close to an all star. But he was getting, you know, he's progressing towards that. Yeah, he is definitely the number one scoring option on our team. Oh, yeah. He was definitely on the bubble. Um, if I mean, some people could maybe make the debate that he was snubbed for the all star no, game. But I'm not going with no, I'm not both, the, no, I'm not the snub train. No. No, I'm not buying a snub ticket. He should either. have been in the dunk contest, though, for sure. Well, that's, that, that that's I'm pretty, probably pretty more on, that's probably pissed more on off him. about more than anything. Yeah, yeah. Like, but I think he's definitely uh, met or exceeded the expectations that we've had when we've acquired him. Obviously, Chris Dunn has been a bit of a mixed bag. He's the organization- but, but dude, but steals. Why? I mean, he's second in the league in steals. Yeah, which is crazy. Absolutely. And he wasn't even starting. And I think he's a really solid bench piece. Like I think yeah. he could become. In Avery Bradley esque. Dude, totally, type man. Like, and that's the thing is like every team needs guys like that, you know? Like, okay, fine, he's not a starter, but I'll I'll take him coming off the bench. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. And like I said, defensively, he's 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 great. And I think the biggest bummer has probably been Markinen. Um his, yeah, hel- his health, his progression. Dude, um, I know. It's been so frustrating. I will say at the beginning of the year, I was watching a lot of the Bulls games. 
he was missing a ton of easy shots, man. Like going to the hoop, like, you know, he's seven feet or close to seven feet. Like layups, taking it to the hole. Like he was missing all those like shots that he would normally make. And, you know, part of that is, uh, you know, we got Jim Boylan, you know, the most imaginative uh, coach in the NBA. Yes. Let's take our seven-footer who can shoot threes. Yeah. And let's not give him the ball at all and have him float and become the bailout option with four seconds left in the shot clock to maybe shoot a three and make it like yeah. that's his view of his role, not in putting offense. him in the best position to succeed. And that's, that's another, you know, going back to Gar, Gar, you know, Gar and Pax, you know, they shouldn't have never hired this guy in the first place. Great. He's like an interim coach. Fine. But they extended him. Like, what are you doing? I know. Like, that's the thing. It kills me. It's like, no, this guy would not be an assistant coach anywhere else. I mean, he was, I guess, but, um, yeah, but we, we, when you have a guy like assistant, third assistant, what, what do we? Even? When you have a guy like Markinen, though, like he he's good, man, and he's strong for as big as he is. Like, and, and the real they just don't is, know how to utilize him. Well, and the shame is, towards the end of last year, even with Boylan, I felt like Markinen went through this stretch. I think what was it? Maybe a four or five week stretch where he was averaging at least twenty points a game. He was playing awesome. He was grabbing rebounds. He like you said, finishing strong, like yeah. around the rim. And even from the jump this season, I just never really saw aggressive no. play from him. Some scenes, but I never I saw him why. take the ball and be like, you know, this is my possession to score. This is my matchup to exploit. Really just kind of like sort of going through the motions. And then, yeah, when his shot didn't start to fall, he's looked more like Nico Miritich this season. <laughs> I think then then I think then the guy that we were hoping that he could possibly be, which is maybe not a Dirk, but some sort of like Slashing, Something like yeah, that. Slashing, shooting, athletic guy. And the other thing, too, that's weird, uh, I just thought about, it's like we basically had the same team that we did last year. So it's not like we had all these personnel changes where he's trying yeah. to figure out, like, we're, I mean, we've had the same team. So Yeah, with Thad Young. Yeah. <laughs> and your boy, Sato. Sato. Yeah, I like Sato. <laughs> I like Sato, too, actually. He's been a solid, yeah. solid contribution. So, I mean, and that's like, that's like kind of now where we're at, right? Is sort of like, again, in this same place of like, evaluating who we think is going to possibly be a piece next year. And, you know, next year's not going to be any kind of better. Just still in this. We're going to have the same team, dude. We're We're going to have the same team. I mean, maybe some slight changes here and there, but for the most part, it's going to be the same people. So, yeah, I'm not sure how you move a bunch of these pieces around. Right. Like I am really actually kind of let's go. Let's spin it positive for a second. Let's feel good for a second. There are a couple of things I do want to watch in the second half that I think can be positives moving into the summer. And let's start with Chandler Hutchison. Okay. Who at times when (laughs) he is on the court and when he is healthy has done a few interesting athletic things that I kind of like a little bit. And you're kind of asking yourself, of course, I mean, if any dude could shoot the three, he'd be dangerous, right? But he would be, if he could shoot the three, we would actually have like a wonderful piece. Well, that's part of it. Yeah. If he can shoot the three. If he could shoot the three. I mean, that's where it starts and stops, right? Uh, If he could play basketball, I think he would actually have. (laughs) He could be pretty good. I think he could actually be pretty good. (laughs) I'm kind of interested to see like what they're going to do with him. Like, I'm kind of bummed they didn't trade Denzel Valentine, even if it was for like a bag of balls or whatever. Like, why is he even on the roster? Exactly. Well, that's the thing. It's like. They didn't do anything with him. So in everything I've read, like they're not going to, because I think he's a free agent this summer. He's restricted. restricted. Yes. I don't think yeah. they're going to offer him anything. So it's like, if you're not going to do that, why? I mean, even get like a second round pick something. And Valentine's another guy who 
you know, I think it would be good off the bench. Like I had, I like him coming off the bench. You know, I think his first year where he's out, was he out like the whole year or something like that? Or maybe it was it last year. Most of it. Yeah. yeah. Like he's been injured most of his career, but I mean, like I went to Michigan state, he was great at Michigan state. And those, like I said, those are kind of the guys I like coming off the bench. Is he a starter? No, but for the money that he's making, like why not? But like you said, like they didn't trade him. Yeah. So, <laughs> so we're just going to let him walk for nothing. Yeah, and we've got it. I mean, and that's what we keep rounding around to. And we've talked about this before. Is basically we have a team of guys that could actually play roles on playoff teams. The only problem is our entire team is like that. Yeah, our entire team is basically six to nine guys. You know, off your bench, the rotation guys. I mean, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm getting to the point now where I even think marketing would actually be a better sixth man as he would be a starter in the league. And that's you might be sad, right, but dude. I mean, that's kind of where. We're sort of at with that. But, like, you know, going back to your point earlier, it's like because there's been so many injuries, we haven't had a chance to really, like, see how this team plays for a stretch, you know? And and, yeah. I, and, the, and the thing is, on paper, I think we're okay. You know, Sato with the one, yeah, he's not like a stud, but he's unselfish. He'll hit down, the, he'll hit down those uh, open shots. Um, then you got Levine, who, had, you know, we talked about already. I think he's good. Um, Laurie should be better. Um Oh, Otto Porter Jr., man. I hasn't played. Hasn't, hasn't played. Hasn't played. Yeah, yeah. Plantar fasciitis. $25 million a year with a bad foot. Yeah, and he's got one it's more great. year. Or, yeah. Yeah, I think he's got one more year. He does. Um, and, the, and the thing, too, is like when that guy is healthy, I mean, he's not like an elite player, but, I mean, he kind of does a little bit of everything. You know, he'll hit a well, three, get a steal, get a block. I was going to say, like, like, play a little deep, kind of help out on that yeah, and exactly. take the burden off some of the other guys. And, we're gonna, and this is kind of something that we're going to drill into um, in the second half. Um, in just a little bit, but this has been one of the most disappointing bull seasons, I think, <laughs> of my lifetime. And I'm not saying because yeah. I thought that they were going to win the championship or anything, but hear me out on this. Like the last couple of years, you know, we've been, I mean, I've been personally really focused on them tanking. Like the more they lose, right. the better off you are. You turn on the TV and chances are in the first and second quarter, they're down by 25 <laughs> and, and stuff's going bad. And right. like, and like people like Clay Thompson are like breaking records against them. You know what I mean? Oh, like yeah, it's yeah, at yeah. that point, but this season though, and I think we did it all last summer. We were like, you know what? Like we are going to be a lot more just in game competitive. Yeah. And what I was kind of looking forward to was like one of those basketball teams that, you know, maybe doesn't have like the right decision making in the fourth quarter, or maybe doesn't have the horses to finish off some games. But they're like playing really close. Me and you could watch them. You know, yeah. they're playing. You know, the Jazz on a Thursday night in Utah, and they're hanging in there and they're making shots. Or maybe like me and you get together on a Saturday night and they're playing Boston, and out of nowhere they're they beat them by twenty five. You yeah. know, they just have one of those nights where they play really well. An up and down roster. You know, who knows what happens with the record, but. Just because some of those wins on those nights, we don't get any of that stuff. No. None of that stuff. No. I mean, if they do build a lead, they blow it. If they are in the game, <laughs> they play a shitty third quarter. You know what I mean? Like, in no, the There's no quarter, consistency. No consistency at all other than the fact that you know that at some point they are going to mess it up in the game. Yeah. Yeah, I, I'd agree with that. Yeah. And that's been the bummer. Yeah, I mean, this – yeah, we talked about, you know, in the summer and the offseason, um, I, I predicted they would make – the playoffs, like eighth seed, sure, you know, maybe seventh. But I was like, well, the East, they have a good, especially in the East. Like you, you were win thirty eight games, you can yeah. do it, yeah. But like you know, with the full healthy squad, you know, Wendell Carter Jr., another guy, you know, he busted hand last year, out for what a third of the season, half of the season. He's had injuries this year, you know. It's just like 
they just can't get healthy, man. Well, now and now, like the roster that they tried out there is kind of it's not really fair. Like they're gonna no. lo- they're gonna lose some games. Yeah, and I hope yeah, that they yeah. lose. Well, like, Gafford as many sounds as like can. Gafford's coming back tonight, I think. And I heard Otto Porter's also. I think in the next couple of games, gonna yeah, be coming well, back. We'll see. But he'll be on a minutes um, restriction. Yeah, <laughs> you know what I'm saying. Something and then Markin, like you know, is coming back. You know, I think in a couple of weeks. But they're he's, not gonna rush him. Don't rush him, Aaron. Well, the thing is, got like a pelvic contusion. It's yeah. like, dude, like you you don't want to mess with that. Like that's like kind of serious stuff, no? Yeah, well, and it also like, sort of seems like something that they didn't really pick up on right away. That perhaps he might have played a couple of games with said uh, with said fracture or whatever you want to yeah, call it. Yeah, like that's a is, weird injury. It's also, a little strange too, as well. Yeah. Speaking of the pelvis, let's take that break now. Okay. <laughs> Guys, you know what I'm here to talk about this week? I'm here to talk about pubes. <laughs> I'm dead serious, guys. This is your PSA pubic service announcement. I didn't write that. The copy did because I'm here to talk about Lawnmower 3.0. The manscaping trimmer is the manscaping trimmer is now available for purchase. The leading cutting-edge ceramic blade to prevent manscaping accidents. Boy, oh boy. This oh, thing. Haven't we all? I mean, you know, we're talking designs here. Crop circles, oh, nice. triangles, whatever yeah. you want, man. You could do like an Illuminati thing down there. I mean, I don't know. What do I you mind would just um, be hashtag Fireguard Packs. Yeah, Fireguard Packs. <laughs> that that, that's a good one, Aaron. You can now do it with the Lawnmower 3.0 Manscaping Trimmer. Get your Fireguard Packs uh, <laughs> bush. Figure it out this week when you get 20% off and free shipping with the code BLEAV at manscaped.com. 20% off plus free shipping. How can you say no at manscaped.com? As long as you use the code BLEAV and let them know that we sent you there to get trim and proper and actually be a gentleman for once in your life. Yeah. Don't be a hog. No. Don't be, a, don't be one of those dirty, don't <laughs> be one of those dirty hogs. Come on. Keep it clean. Have some respect. Keep it clean. So. Before we get into my my fun little uh, fun little game that we want to play, you got anything else you want to bring up? Anything rattling around your mind about the Bulls? Uh, I mean, oh, the All Star Weekend. It's just like you know, put a huge magnifying glass on the organization as a whole, and they just have such a you know saying earlier, such a bad reputation around the league. Going back to the Jordan days, man. Yeah. Every year, him, Scotty, Phil had to like fight for their money for a new contract. It's like. Give them the money already, man. These guys made you a billion a billion dollars. And they're just they're just always so stingy, dude. Consistently. Always. <laughs> Consistently. Yeah, the All-Star weekend, it seems like the sentiment kind of came out of it where like it was as if you were like hanging out in a mansion that was run by rats. And you're like, God, <laughs> this is a beautiful mansion. I'd love to live in this mansion if it wasn't run by all these rats. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like Yeah, I mean like, like how many? How many? Um, it's a free- damn shame that no human beings and actual people could live in this mansion. Yeah, because it's overrun by you know, you know, incompetence or whatever you want to call it, stag stagnation or you know, egos, whatever it is. You know, like yeah, and it's just super frustrating on a personal level because of all Chicago sports teams, the Bulls are my favorite team, and you know our fan base is strong. Yeah, and it's just. It's just been frustrating for so long, man. And nothing will change until, I mean, I guess Reinsdorf's gone, but he's going to transfer everything to his son. So hopefully, you know, he has some changes. But like I said, Paxson's not going anywhere, man. And as long as he's there, not a whole lot's going to change. How many free agents have we gone over since the Jordan years that have not come here? T-Mac, 
Green no, Hill, Green. Tim Duncan, yep. Carmelo, LeBron, Marcus, Dwayne Wade, yep. Chris Bosh. I mean, and, all the biggest names that will be going to the Hall And of why have they not gone there? Because their reputation is bad, man. The, yeah. All those players talk, and they're like, dude. I mean, look, at we brought in D. Wade, hometown hero, for one year, and he was like, ugh. This place is good. Oh, yeah. We, had, up, to, we had to overpay him, too, just to even consider consider putting on the Jabari uniform. Parker. I mean, you know, another home hometown guy. Super pumped to come to the Bulls. He's like, Ugh, and, that, and that's the thing, too, as well. Fad as young. Anyone that tells you that they don't want to come to Chicago because it's cold no, or dude, whatever. It's the I think that's total the fans bullshit. Are awesome. right? yeah. Third biggest market, biggest basketball stadium in the country. And this all star weekend was a huge, huge success. Yeah, huge success. I yeah. mean. The way that they went about it, like I personally, I don't really like a lot of those intros when they do them. They're too long. But the common one was longer than any of the other ones. And I thought it was awesome. Oh, he crushed it. That man. was great. Yeah. Like, I thought the stadium looked great. I thought everyone probably in the, the city had a good time. I will say the one thing I, I, I you know, read about the NBA All-Star Weekend. One thing a lot of people have been pointed out that I was surprised by. Who's the biggest music star to come out of Chicago? Well, Kanye was there, but he didn't do Kanye, anything. Yeah. He didn't do anything. Yeah. Why? I don't. NBA might be too afraid of what he's going to do well, or something. Like, but like, like, nah, nah. I want like he would like. But it was just so weird. Boys. Like little build his own set. Lil Wayne coming out. Like he's not from there. Like how did you? I don't know. I just thought it was a huge missed opportunity. Not to have yeah, that in common and Kanye are friends. Like I don't know. That was yeah. my only minor complaint. Was like it was just surprising. But got to still truck Shaka Khan out and uh, yeah, yeah, everybody yeah. guy. You know what I mean? Yeah, <laughs> like, true, true, true. And, and Common's whole thing was awesome. That that whole intro. Well, and that's the thing is, you know, we love our city, and for a long stretch. I mean, since the Jordan era, we have had some some brighter moments. Oh, dude, yeah, exactly D Rose like, years. Yeah, the yeah. D Rose years. Even like those Scott Skiles years too. They yeah, had a all spunky, all and yeah, and, spunky group there. Yeah. And it's just, I think we've paid the penance now for, for Jordan after the last, yeah. you know, 22 years, I think we're allowed to go back into the realm of being allowed to have nice things in our house again. Yeah. And you know, the D Rose thing, I mean, we're, I think we're going to have, you know, trauma for that for, for years and years and years. Yep. And there hasn't been any saving grace. So we're just no. kind of like swirling down this drain right now. Well, luckily he's and, playing really well for Detroit now. Yeah, luckily we don't need him on our team at all. What he's dropping eighteen. It's gonna be a game. so weird for him though to go to the Pistons. I don't know. Growing up in Chicago, like hating the Pistons all those years, and then going to that team. I mean, it's different time. They're not the bad boys anymore, but I still, because yeah. of those years, don't don't like the Pistons. And so, real quick, I I just want to throw this out there. There are some there are some free agents out there this summer. Yeah, some people that could, you know. Add to the mix a little bit. I don't know. This could be more just kind of window dressing. This could be more of like, like wishful sa- thinking. This man. could be more Sadoransky uh, add-ons and just like kind of creating more of a hodgepodge. There's team. nobody big out there, and once again, no one's going to want to come. No, to the I mean balls. you know Reggie Jackson, Joe Harris, yeah. Montrez Harrell, Danilo Gallinari. Actually, uh, would be something that I'd be he would be borderline intrigued by. We have to pay him a lot of money, and we already have Larry Markkinen. Right. And then the other one that's actually kind of also intriguing is Brandon Ingram is going to be a restricted free agent. They're going to pay him. You Would they? I think so. Yeah. I mean, yeah, maybe, but still they have Drew Holiday, right? They also are going to have Zion, Zion's money. I mean, how is that all going to kind of work out for them yeah, moving I read, forward? I read that they're, they might tell Ingram to, like, go see what you can do on the free free market kind of thing, and then they'll potentially match. Right. But that's a risk of like pissing him off too. Be like, oh, okay, like I'm not. I mean, I think he would be a great fit. But again, you got Otto Porter sitting right in the same same dude, same dude. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Except Brandon Ingram can score, score. Yeah, Yeah. which is actually would be kind of nice. Dude, I've been I've been high on Ingram since he came out, man. Like I saw him playing Cal. He went to Duke, right? 
Yes. Yeah. Yes, he did. Um, it'll be like, this guy reminds me a lot of Durant. He's tall, skinny, scorer. Yeah. And, you know, we went to the Lakers. All these Lakers fans like, oh, he sucks. And I'm like, dude, this guy's – I like him, man. I think he's good. He just needs to be put in the right situation. Yeah, I don't think he's, up this he's quite as a scoring savant, but he's a dude – I think – and this is all pie in the sky, right? But if you if we're if we're walking down that primrose path, uh, Ingram and Zach Levine paired together is actually really intriguing. It is the only thing I think I would say with that they're both scorers. So be both scorers and both dudes that are probably pretty light on the defensive end. Yeah, um, I would, I don't know how Ingram is defensively, but he's so tall and lanky. I would assume he'd be decent. Yeah, just you he's love so, tall lanky guys. You, don't you know you? those tall lanky guys. <laughs> it's like looking in a mirror, baby. Sean Bradley. <laughs> <laughs> so here's uh, we're gonna play a fun little game here. Uh, I figured I'd try and make you more sad if oh, at all possible. But we're gonna play a little game called "What Is the Worst Bulls Era of Your Lifetime?" We spoke about it a little bit earlier in the pod. I'm highly disappointed in this season. Are we at rock bottom, or has there no, been a bottom? No, the bottom, no, the bottom no. already been mined previously. Yeah, for sure. I mean, the the year after they broke up the dynasty, that was the worst by right. far. Yes, by far. So I'm gonna go through a couple of seasons, and we'll kind of walk through okay. each one. I do have a couple of devil's advocate for each one. All right. Um, just for funsies. Yeah. Over the last five years. Okay. The Bulls are 151 and 232. Not good. The last five years. I think like, it's, like, I think it's like the include, fourth, fourth worst record. And that includes two 500 seasons, the last two Jimmy years, and the one of them being the Dwayne Wade years. That includes that. Ugh. Just saying. The five years previous to that were the D. Rose years, Tibbs. 251 and 139. Yeah. So we actually did have a pretty nice. Oh, we were great, man. I love those nice years. run until the bottom completely fell out. Second best, I think, uh, years behind the you know, Jordan. So, years. yes. So let's start. Let's start at <laughs> ground zero. Okay. 98, 99. Yeah, yeah, that's it. Phil's gone. Scotty's gone. Michael. Michael's gone. Dennis. 13 and 37. Yeah. Strike shortened here. Luckily. Oh, man. The heights we could have reached. <laughs> <laughs> we could have reached we got the stars. lucky it was a shortened we season. Could have lost 70 that year. Oh, yeah. Coach led the team with 18.8 points a game. Our top four scorers on that team. Is Ron Harper still on that team? Oh, buddy. Ronnie Harper. coach at 18.8. Yeah. Ron Harper, 11.2 points. Ugh. Brent Berry, 11.1 points. Oh, and our fourth champ. leading scorer on the team. Dickie Simpkins. Oh, baby, Dickie. 9.1 points a game. God. Was, ugh. Let's it, go to the following season. That was bad, too. I think it was bad for like five years 17 or and 65. Yeah. But still had Kukoc on the team. But we drafted Elton Brand and Ron Artest on that team. And Elton Brand won Rookie of the Year that year. I was a big fan of that pick. Yes. Yeah. So moving forward next season after that, still terrible. Yep. 15 and 67. You got Brand. You got Ron Artest. You draft Jamal Crawford. Yeah. You draft Marcus Pfizer. Yep. But that is the year that you whiff on Duncan, Grant Hill, and Tracy McGrady. So instead, who do you bring in? Ron Mercer and Brad oh. the Bad Boy Miller. <laughs> Brad Miller, man. Yeah, he, he actually played okay for us for a couple of years. So that that's a pretty bad stretch, right? And I feel like we're in a very similar not, stretch see, right now. So I, I don't think it's – oh, I mean, stretch as far as like those years. Yeah, yeah. That, that draft I thought you were talking about. Sorry. Oh, yeah. No, no, no. But – and we'll get back to it a little bit because – uh, you know, like those yeah. two teams, honestly, those were borderline like that Elton Brand run our test year with Kukoc was borderline watchable because Elton Brand was really good. Yeah. And, and our test like, was like a defensive like, hey, menace. Who is Ron Artest? I'm kind of like interested in him as a piece moving forward. Let's go to another one. Oh, seven, oh, eight. Dark horse season. What was that one? Thirty three and forty nine. After winning forty nine games the year before, making it to the second round of the playoffs, the Bulls decide, you know, what we're going to do. We're going to bring in Larry Hughes oh, and Drew Gooden oh, and Joe Smith 
They had Tyrus Thomas on the team, and this was the season when everyone was like, get Ben Wallace out of town. He's officially washed up. They went and they traded for John Salmons. Oh, uh, that's right. And John Simons at the end of the year. The next year they ended up uh, being 500, but they ended up getting rid of Ben. This is the end of Ben Gordon era. He was pissed off. They got rid of him, and that season led to the D. Rose year. Gotcha. Okay. So 33 and 49. And then we have 17-18, uh, two seasons ago. We trade Jimmy. No more Jimmy. Uh, no more uh, No more. No Levine for half the year. Nico Miritich, even though he played 25 games, led the team in scoring with 16.8. Wow. And then I didn't even realize this, but that year Chris Dunn averaged 13.4 points and six assists. Wow. I was like, oh, wow. I had huh. no clue. I didn't either. Probably because we were miserable. And then last season, of course, didn't have a great record, um, 22 and 60. But we were like actively trying to lose that season. Yeah, yeah, We were yeah. actively trying to screw it up. Like I, like I personally, I don't feel as... I don't feel as affected by that season because I knew what we were trying to do. I wasn't yeah. as miserable. You know what I mean? No, totally. So we've got those kind of as candidates. Your early your early favorite is that 98-99 team. Not even close for me, dude. Just because, I mean, going from six championships, you know, Jordan, best player ever, Phil, one of the best coaches, if not the best coach ever, to Tim Floyd yeah, coming in. And he, you know, once again, you know, we did come from Iowa State, I think. Uh, yeah. Iowa something. Yeah, I don't yeah, know. yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, you know, him coming in, not, not he having, came from Jerry Krause's fishing boat, yeah. <laughs> his off season fishing boat where they were, buddies. He, he caught Krause. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> um, yeah. I mean, and plus like, you know, like, yeah, Kukoc was still there and Ron Harper. I think Randy Brown was on that team. So it was like some of the leftovers, yeah, Randy Brown, Cornell, David, there is a lot of, uh, but those who. were bad, even though it's like, we knew they were going to be bad. So that's it my, still was just like, that's really, my, really, really, really hard to watch. Yeah. My pushback on that is. I personally remember not watching that season. I was really sad that Jordan was gone. Yeah. And it was almost just like Bulls basketball, in my opinion, had died. Oh, I I think most most Chicagoans felt that and anybody who only watched the NBA for Jordan, mm-hmm. I mean that was it. They didn't they didn't really watch basketball after that. Yeah. So I mean, I'm I'm with you as in terms of like talent on paper and losses and the way that it went about and we were just so got off of that season. I mean, it is right up there. Yeah. I, yeah. You know what? You might be right. I might be rethinking this now. Okay. Well, so I know. Yeah. That's what, that's why we're doing it. Baby. I think for me, the most disappointing season for sure is the year that D Rose went down in the playoffs. Like to me, that's the most disappointing because we had the best, we had the best record in the NBA. Yes. I think that was the year. Was he player of the year? Well, the that's MVP? not on the list. Good call. Take one off the list. Yeah. I, can't, I feel was that your MVP uh, of the year before that, but I mean, we, no, the, so uh, it goes, he won the MVP. We lost in the conference finals to Miami. That's we right. We came back the next year in a strike shortened year, but we still had the number one record. Yes. He played, um, he started missing games. He had like a back spasms. Yeah. A couple, he had a, a couple nicks, a couple of dings, stuff like that. And then we still went into it, the number one seed, and then and then he blew it out. Yeah, I, that might that might be the most disappointing, right? Ooh, because that's an interesting off the board one because the the mis, that's the misery index is super high, right? Because, because not only of what are we, we screwed this year forever. Well, no, well, at the time we only thought it would be one year, but it turned out it was the rest of the way. Yeah, because even in that in that in the playoffs. You know, he went down game one at the end of game one, and then Joe, Joe Kim Noah got hurt. Then he was out, and then we ended up losing in the first round. I mean, when your best player is gone and your best defensive player is gone, like it's really hard oh, to win. Oh, it fell apart quickly. Yeah, man, and then what? D. Rose was gone the whole next year. 
And then he came back the following. So we had to wait a whole year for him to rehab. We, you know, I understood yep. all that. And then he came back and blew out his other knee. In the first, like, 10 games. And it was just like, oh, that was just a huge kick in the nuts, man. Because it was just like, he's finally back. Yeah, he may not be able to do what he did before, but at least he'll be, like, maybe 75% of that. And when you blow out your other knee, like, you just can't recover from that. And that's, that's the thing that kind of bums me out when I talk to people out here, you know, talking basketball who aren't from Chicago. Like, ah, D-Rose sucks. I'm like, uh, no. Youngest MVP in league history. Go on YouTube and look what this guy was doing. Before he blew out his knees. I remember Bill Simmons wrote an article years ago when he was still doing Grantland. And it was um, like the best player in the NBA or something. And he had D-Rose number one. And I was really surprised. And he said the reason why he had him number one over, uh, I think, like Westbrook and Chris Paul. He goes, I saw D-Rose play against both of those guys. And he destroyed both of those guys. Well, he was an alpha dog. Like, he didn't talk. No. But even he didn't still, man. To talk. No. To have the team completely rally around him, love him, knew that he was the number one guy. Knew that he was the alpha, and he knew he was the alpha. Yeah, he took yeah all these guys, leader by all example. these point guards that are still playing now that were awesome. Like he went around and he kicked all those those dudes' ass, crushed them like over and over and over again. I mean, every time he got the ball, he would just like push the ball up court, sprint up court. The way he contorted his body, I mean, it was just crazy. And unfortunately, that's why he blew out his knees. I mean, both times there was no contact on that. Yeah, he just landed weird. The two seasons that I'm kind of looking at here are that 2000-2001 season with Ron Mercer and Brad Miller because we were forced to watch the replacements of yeah. the what-could-have-beens, yeah. basically. Um, you know, Ron Mercer was just just a, a meh player. Was, yeah, I, I mean, wasn't He was just it. a B-minus, and we gave tons of money to him. Yep. The other one that I, I, I'm looking at is definitely that 07-08 season, the 33-49, and, 30, and 49 because – of just what happened that previous year. That 49-win team was so awesome. That was Ben Microwave Gordon in the fourth Dude, quarter. Dude, he was awesome, That was man. Eddie Curry led the team in scoring that year. Tyson we, was yeah, we, we had Chandler. Tyson was on his way was up. Was Noach on that team? Noach was on that team. Dan was on that Lu team. Kirk Heinrich was on that team. Yeah, man, that's a pretty uh, Chris good Chris Duhon was on that team. Yeah. I mean, they, they were deep. Yeah. They had a lot going for them. And then they bring in Larry Hughes and Drew Gooden, and we were forced to kind of just sit through the falling apart of that team. Yeah. And that to me was, that to me was really depressing because it, I didn't even know if we were going to have a championship. I just thought we were going to compete and have a really great squad and it fell apart so quickly. And that's like, and that's part of what I'm feeling about. Like, I think this season is pretty close to one of the most miserable bowl seasons I've ever gone through. Not because I didn't think they were going to be great, but I was hoping that they were going to be gelling with this core of people that could have been, like that Ben Gordon, Luol Dang. Yeah. You know, that maybe in a couple of years they stick together and they could start making the playoffs and maybe put themselves in a position to be one piece away. And they're not doing that. <laughs> no, man. And, and and there's like nothing. Close. Like you were talking about free agents earlier. Like uh, that's probably not going to happen. Like you said, maybe some small moves here and there. And then if we get the number seven pick again. Oh, you know we're getting the number seven. You know, <laughs> number seven, <laughs> that's baby. right. <laughs> and, you know, once again, it's like I think this is a fairly weak – draft class so it's like that's not gonna so we're basically gonna have the same team again next year yes and <laughs> pitching the same story yeah well, man. we just don't know what happens when wendell and laurie are out there playing the only together. way i, I see anything happening is is getting a new coach i mean we're gonna trot out boiling again yeah i think a new coach a whole different system and but then the hope is that like, let's hypothetically play it out. Zach Levine stays the same, and the hope is within this new offensive system, 
Kobe White and Laurie Markkinen are unlocked in a sense of this run and gun, shooting threes, running up and down the court style of play. Yeah, but that's not boiling, man. No, that's not boiling. That's not the Bulls either. Like it should be. Yeah, I mean, but I, yeah, that's not boiling, man. He's so like unimaginative. Like it's crazy. No, and and honestly, you know, we're not going to get into it. But I don't even know. We don't. We're not even sure who the candidates will be to possibly even replace him. So it's kind of silly just even getting. No, into yeah, it right yeah, now. yeah. But they need. But they, they need definitely s- need someone that's interested in playing. But how many more years? Offensive basketball. No, totally. But they knew that and, in hiring him. Like they, he 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 was the interim coach after Tibbs got fired, so they got a good look at him. Yeah, and and then they they extended him, signed him full time. He's got like a three year deal. I think he's got two more years left on his contract. Yeah, they definitely have him up for next so year. So even if they want to get rid of him, like, it's only like one point eight million. It's not like a ton that they're going to be having. Still, to eat you know, out. if they get rid of him early, they're going to get somebody cheap. They they that's just that's their mo, man. They yeah. do it every time. I mean, cheap, expensive, whatever. It's just, I think that they. I mean, and philosophically, this is what I hope they change. If they do change in the front office, is I think like a, a a hire like Boylan smacks to me of you know everyone in the NBA can score. So we're going to find a guy who's going to have us play team defense and then we're going to figure it out on the offensive end. And maybe just maybe the Bulls should maybe try for once going more like what the Houston Rockets do and be like, you know, we're going to be so elite offensively that we'll just take our chances with that instead of worrying about defense. Like when you hear Boylan talk in post game, he's always just like, well, we had the third best defense yeah. <laughs> before window went down. And it's like, you know, okay, wow, great. You're still under 500 with that third best defense. Oh, you know what's crazy about Boylan too? I forgot the exact statistic, but I saw it a couple months ago. His record since he's been the Bulls coach against teams 500 and above in the NBA is brutal. Yes. Like I think, I'm not even kidding you, I think he's maybe has five or six wins in the past two years against teams 500 or better. I mean, I don't know if I that's even need to pull up the stats. No, I think we only have maybe one or two of them all this season. Yeah. And that's, and that's crazy. And, and the other part uh, conversely too, as well as I think they're only maybe 500 against the under 500 teams, Yeah, which is like, all right, well, if you're going to go one way or the other, right, either like kill the, kill the competition that's lower than you and struggle with the higher competition or whatever, like, but they're not doing either. Neither or. Yeah. 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 So, I mean, wow, you know, you need a drink? <laughs> yeah, I do. <laughs> like it's noon. Get me all fired up here, Joey. Yeah, well, it's the second half, baby. It's the stretch run. They're only four and a half games out. I mean. That is so crazy. It is. It How? is. They're, they're four and a half they're games so out. They're so bad. And then they're, they're five out of the, the last season. That's of why I'm all for 100% for reseeding the teams at the end of the regular season for the playoffs. Who cares about Eastern Conference, Western Conference? Fine. You got your champ here. Great. You get a flag. Your division winners, whatever. Your flags fine yeah but why not watch the best basketball possible why why it's such an arbitrary thing to go oh you're over here so we're gonna get all the eight teams from here we have to get eight teams but the 16 best teams out there because that first round's gonna be a bloodbath man even one against 16 is gonna be tough there's a true hypothetical where there's a world that by the end of this season the bulls actually would make the playoffs as the eighth seed the pelicans would have the exact same record as them and not make the playoffs exactly and you tell me what's a crime yeah, I, mean, I, I love oh, Pelicans would smoke us, I, dude. Oh, I love watching my Bulls, right? But are you telling me that, yeah, like the talent on that team is so far and wide, you know, <laughs> better than ours. Yeah, and then like just you thinking know. about like if the Bulls made the eighth eighth spot going against the number one team, who is um, the Bucks? Like, 
no, it's not going to be fun for anybody to watch that. And it's got to go set best of seven. Like saying they why? would institute a slaughter rule. They should before it even start. Like you guys aren't going to win. Let's just save the freaks energy. Giannis like, is doing something he's never done before. He's spotting a team yeah. 20 points <laughs> yeah. every game. Yeah. So I've just, I just really wish they changed the format. I've been saying this for years, man. It's just, it's, it just would be really, really, really fun to watch. Yeah. Like I said, even that one against 16 would be tough. And then those middle, those two middle ones on what is that, like eight nine or something like that, that would be like they'd be crazy competitive. Well, and, and, and the, the matchups alone would be so. Well, and the thing too is like you know we intriguing. went we went from best of five in the first round series, which it should be, to best of seven. So like I said, like that one versus eight, it's just like come on, like just waiting for it to get over. But if they went to you know top sixteen teams, I think I'd be down for that. The only thing I probably wouldn't be into would be playing games. Unless there's obviously when you do tiebreakers and stuff like that, I completely understand and that's what you yeah, yeah, that's yeah. what you got to do. But when you you know like the baseball playing game, I hate that. Yeah. It looks like they're going to get rid of it, thank God, but basketball would be a lot of the same for me. Hockey would be a lot of the same for me whereas, you know, um the win and get in just one game, I I don't I don't buy, I wouldn't buy that. I do like it when they get a chance to play each other for a couple of games. And even if you did expand it to the point where, you know, whatever, you could probably wrap my head around a three game series. You know, if a team sweeps them in two games and it's over and yeah, you kind of yeah. move on. And, you know, if it was bulls bucks, you know, that's probably what everyone would probably prefer. Let's just kind of do this. Or yeah. Get let's ratings, just get over and done get that Chicago rating yeah. for two games on that Thursday and that Saturday night. And then you just kind of move on. So. Yeah. No, I agree with that. And that's the thing is, uh, you know, basketball's uh, basketball's pretty exciting right now. It's too bad that the Bulls can't be a part of it. Yeah, no, nobody, nobody's talking about the Bulls in a good light. No, nobody. We were, we were kind of hoping that at least, you know, on a couple nights a year, we'd be able to like high five each other a lot, and you know, they'd be up by twenty seven, and oh, you know, like the Spurs would come into town on a Saturday night, and you know, we'd we'd you know, God forbid, play well, yeah, and you know, <laughs> just win win by twenty one of those nights. But it's not even we're not even at that point competitively. No. Yeah, and it's just yeah. I mean, with all the injuries, man, it's just really hard to watch. Yeah, you know, like what Levine do his thing. I was hoping Kobe White would be playing better. I mean, with Dunn out now, it sounds like he's going to take his minutes. So we'll see what happens with him. But like we were saying earlier, he's just so inconsistent, you know. But I like the pick. Like we got him at seven. We needed a point guard. He's not a you know old school traditional point guard. He's not a pass first kind of point yeah, guard and but that's fine man. unfortunately he's one of the worst shooters in the nba right now but he's 19 years old that's totally fine yeah i mean the guy's a um, scorer you know yeah. he's a shooter like and i'm cool with that we, we've talked about before I, I see him as kind of like a lou williams kind of guy coming off the bench like we, you need that you need that guy coming off yeah. the bench with instant offense and i think he can be that guy he's you know he's a rookie he'll, he'll figure it out yeah i like his game a whole lot i mean i think the biggest thing that he probably needs to improve on is probably you know obviously you're gonna obviously continue to prove improve on your shot but Continuing to try and find spaces because he is so fast. Like, there's no reason why you shouldn't be able to, with the ball in his hands, get the ball to a certain space that feels good for him to be able to get his shot off or whatever his shot is. Right. And then, honestly, he does need to improve on his passing. Yeah. Some of his passes do look awkward at times. It would be cool if he could get a little smoother at that. I'm not saying that he needs to up his assist total, per se, because he is always going to be a scorer. But, 
just you know make things a little bit easier on the offensive end. Yeah, I think like I said, I think he'll figure it out. He's a point guard. Point guards, is, you know, it takes a while for them to learn. Well, yeah, and you got veterans on the team like Felicio that are like showing him the way. And... <laughs> <laughs> oh no, can be going up Felicio, dude. That's that's a, that's, a, that's, a, that's a whole other podcast. <laughs> that's a whole yeah, other pod. that's a marathon podcast. <laughs> oh man, we're gonna end it on this man. That's perfect. <laughs> thanks for joining me. Yeah, thanks, Come Joe. Back that was again. great. Oh hell yeah, for yeah, sure. We'll talk. Maybe we'll maybe we'll talk not just Bulls, but we'll talk like whole NBA. That'd be kind of fun. Cause yeah. Yeah, we got yeah. fantasy coming up. Yep. You're trying to sneak into the playoffs in our fantasy basketball league right now. Yeah. I think you can do it. Yeah, well, I hope so, man. You yeah. better. You better. You got a couple weeks left. I know. This has been, you know, injuries once again. It's like real life. <laughs> it's been a tough If your year. fantasy squad has injuries, it's real, real hard to win. It's been a tough year. All right, Aaron, thanks for joining me, man. All right, thanks, brother. And thanks for joining us here on Believe in Betting Chicago. My name is Joey Christopoulos. Uh, check out the rest of the podcast on the Believe Podcast Network. And make sure you go to manscaped.com to get 20% off and free shipping. For the next week or so, make sure you use the promo code BLEAV, believe, to get that wonderful, wonderful offer and that wonderful, wonderful, that wonderful, wonderful makeover, not just on the top of your head, but below too as well. Think about below the equator, people. It's important. Uh, Again, my name is Joe Christopoulos. Thanks for joining us. I'll talk to you soon. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.